If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Sin, addiction, failure, it's all gone. You have a fresh start. The old you is dead and gone. The new has come. You see, God brought me out of the bondage of sin and death into the kingdom of life. This is the good news that Jesus died for you and me. So woe unto me if I do not preach this gospel. Hey everyone, you're welcome to today's episode of Salvation Talk with Anne. Today I'm super excited. We have a special guest in our midst by the name Diko Olatunji Latif. Yeah, <laughs> Latif, because um, Diko is a Muslim convert. So today's story is going to be interesting. Um, Diko works as a financial analyst in one of the biggest firms in this country <laughs> yeah um so today we're just going to listen to him as he takes us through his journey to salvation welcome Diplo. um thank you pastor Anne, for giving me this opportunity to share my story and probably impact lives as much as possible thank you it's an honor really to have you on today's podcast thank you for accepting to do this with me so just um briefly give us an overview of your life before Christ, especially um, your upbringing, since we know that you were raised in a Muslim family. So um, just tell us about that. Tell us about where you're coming from. Um, thank you for this question. I, I had to write down uh, my story. Um, when you told me that I had to come up for your podcast, I was like, ah, I cannot come here without being prepared. So yesterday morning, I had to sit down with my daughter and write down my story from the beginning and how I moved from one phase to another phase and to another phase. Um, first, I'll start by saying that my full name is Olatunji Latif, Oladipopo. Uh, Latif happens to be my first name, and it was given to me by my grandfather. That's my father's father. May his soul rest in perfect peace. Um, my first and original birth certificate was written in Arabic. Wow. Yes, when I applied for the first internship, and I asked for my birth certificate and they gave it to me. I was like, we have to translate this. Nobody would understand <laughs> what is written here. So we had to do the translation so it can reflect the modern needs of what I need to apply for. Yeah. yeah, my journey on the path of salvation started exactly a decade ago. Wow. That's 2010. So this time, 2010, I was not actually saved <laughs> yet. So it's a 10-year journey. So my encounter with um, Jesus was through his son. Cool. And that's Pastor E. Adibwe okay. at their monthly program at the Redeem Camp. But before I go there, um, I would like to talk and take you back to my growing up. So in the early part of my years, that's between the age of 2 and 10, I lived with my grandparents. That's on my mother's side. You know, Some issue came up, so I had to go live with my grandparents. Okay. Um, my grandmother was the Muslim of the house then. She was a very devoted Muslim. She did not joke with her prayers. She used to sell alcohol then. She had this big bar in Oshodi. So wow. most of all those allergies will come after their prayers to come and drink beer. So that, that's just that's just by the way. <laughs> so um she had two sons who were also devoted Muslims. So no, the first one is not alive again today. Mm -hmm. He's so rest in perfect peace. But the second son is an allergy that went to Mecca to get his golden teeth. At least that's what I know they got there. Okay. So um, my grandfather, however, was neither a Muslim nor Christian. You know, um, I never recalled him going to mosque. I never recalled him praying with 
Jesus' name. I never saw him have a mass in his house where he prayed. It's just it was just there. It it, it was a mystery to me because um I could not attach him to either Muslim nor Christian. The funny thing is whenever this Jehovah Witness guy came around, he would listen to them, he would attend to them because he likes talking to people. Whenever the Afas also came around, he would sit them down, talk to them. So he had no affiliation with any movement at all. He was just he was just a free thinker. So the sad part is that it's no more today. I would have loved to sit down with him to ask him what made him into who he was. So however the remaining daughters of my grandmother happened to be what I, what I would call um, the sneak-out Christians. You know, at night or when my grandmother is very busy with her bar duties, they would just sneak out to a fellowship to go worship. I don't know where, what fellowship they go to, but I was always eager to follow them then, but I was not able to because I had to be the person watching out and taking cover for them in case my grandma found out that he went to church because apparently she was going to kill them. But she was very particular about nobody going to church. Even when they come around to preach Christ, she just chased them out, like, with her broom and chased them away that she doesn't want to hear anything from them. Apparently, she tagged them as beggars, because yeah. when they preach to her, she will believe they are waiting to collect what she call offering every time they come to preach to her. So, um, that was it for her. So, then, I was not opportune to know how a church program goes. I was not able to see what they do from the beginning to the end i just hear sounds from where i am i'm at home i don't know what's going on sometimes i'll hear this eye sound probably they are praising or so which is what i understand now sometimes i'll hear just one man speaking for a lot of minutes i just did not know what christianity was so um fast forward now to where i wanted more now we had one popular market in Oshodi. we call it the nice market nice market because immediately it is 6 p.m every vendor will come out everybody will converge to buy whatever they want to buy so there is this fellowship that comes to show this movie the passion of christ mm. because the speaker was so loud i could hear someone being beaten and someone crying for mercy from afar i was always moved with compassion but i was not fully aware of what was going on all i know is they are always there are screams everywhere. A man is beating, a man is being nailed to the cross. I could hear his scream till today when he's being nailed to the cross. But I was not able to see for myself. The day I tried to, my grandpa caught me and he almost beat the hell out of me. And he said, and I quote, that if I dare leave this house for that purpose again, that he was going to kill me. Wow. That was what he said. Wow. Then I got confused because I knew he was, he was not a Muslim. I knew he was not a Christian, but why would he not want me to go to that place based on my instincts? I still cannot um, answer that question till today. Okay. So uh, then there was this day that something came up. My dad came out of the blue and I was needed to move to my father's side. So I had to, between um, 14 to 18 years of my life, I had to stay and live with my grandma. That's my father's mother who apparently was a Christian, although my grandfather, who is my father's father, was a Muslim, but he was dead before I was able to move to his house then. So I used to follow my grandma to church, mountain of fire to be precise. But I was not satisfied because I was clueless. I was a Muslim from the early part of my years. I was, in fact, the top of my class. When it comes to Islamic school, I, was, I knew cover to cover what was in the Quran. Wow. Then I was very good at it. I could cram a whole chapter 
and I could memorize it and read it out. And I was always praised by the Imam of then Osho the Central Mosque. I was just the perfect guy for the Islamic activities and Islamic religion. But things started changing. I started wanting something else. I was not sure what I wanted. I just felt empty. Then, luckily for me, there was this neighbor of us. His name is Abel. We used to call him Brother Abel. He was a redeemed member. Every Friday, one Friday of the month, he's always telling us about how he has to travel all the way to Ogo State, where Pastor Adeboye holds their monthly program, which is a vigil because apparently they go around the afternoon on Friday and they don't return until Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Due to the fact that I was very curious about what they do there, I told my grandma that I wanted to follow him. That I just wanted to follow him. Not for the fact that I was going to church. Funny enough, I just wanted to just travel. You know, just follow them and see what will make them go a day and come back the next day. Yeah. I followed them this day and before I was able to leave the house, he gave me my Bible which is my first Bible and still my only Bible. Wow. The Bible is there. It was given to me on the 22nd of October, 2010. And that's the Bible I'm using till now. Just to give me a reminder of how far I've come in the path of salvation. I went with him. This place was so massive. Millions of people came to worship. It was not like the mosque mm, I used yeah. to know. We do not exceed 100, except on Fridays when we have to do this Jumat service. It was surprising that those countless numbers of people can converge at the place I wanted what would drive them to. What was making them come, I wanted it to. So he made the altar call. I went to the altar. Even not knowing what I was doing, I just went to the altar following people. Wow. I was just sure that my life was not for Christ. That was why I went to the altar. It was not like I had this inclination to go to the altar. I just wanted to go there and just register my name. So um, the the brother that you went with, he didn't tell you to go out or anything? You just he he did not tell me to go out. It was wow. Matter of fact was that, you know, when he was making the altar call, people started praying, you know, people were just praying. Wow. Eyes were closed. So when he said that... People should come to the altar that I want to pray for them to give their life to Christ. I know how far the mm -hmm. altar can be from where we sat down. I saw people running from the back, just running to make sure they could meet up. Because I could remember then he was giving us a countdown. Yeah. He said 10, he was counting from 10 to <laughs> yeah. 1. So I, I knew I had Papa. to, yeah, I had to, yeah, Papa was counting. So I had to make it to that altar at least to just hear what he has to say or you should just pray for us. Yeah. And that was probably the time I gave my life to Christ. We filled the card, you know. Yeah. Then that was it. Fast forward two years when I had to go to Ife for my school. Mm -hmm. That was when I encountered my spiritual father today, Pastor Boy of Sire, because I gave my life to Christ. But for two years, I used to hear this language that people pray with. It was not English. It was not my <laughs> mother's not tongue. <laughs> it was not Arabic that I knew because I knew how Arabic sounds. But I would wonder why someone would spend hours, Brother would spend hours in his room praying in languages I don't understand. And I was like, why would I go to the camp with someone mm -hmm. and I come back and I'm still speaking English <laughs> and my mother's tongue and he is speaking yeah. another language and he's praying for a long time and he's not tired. So luckily for me, I was able to be impacted with the spirit of um, the tongues speaking in heavenly language under yeah. the administration of my pastor. Then when he came for the program in Moro, because I did pre-degree. Okay. And that was, in brief, my journey from before Christ and after Christ. Oh, wow. So um, did you go to school expecting to go to church? 
um the funny thing is i did not go to school expecting to go to church i just went to school so that i could pass and just have a certificate i did not go to school to go to church but i just knew that what i got from the camp through pastor adeboye was not complete because i saw people exhibiting something else yeah that i was not able to exhibit even though i went for the altar call yeah. and when i asked brother abel why is it that he was able to do what he was doing and i could not he said that i should give it time he was just laughing he just said i should give it time that it will come to me and i will have an encounter that will actually push me towards being able to speak in tongues so i didn't go to school to go to church it just happened wow okay so um before before you um became born again as a muslim um you know, there's that void that everyone feels when they are not in Christ. I'm sure you have, you must have felt that. That's why you, it looks like something was drawing you to want to go to church. So where did you get your identity from, your security, your happiness, all of those things? Where were you trying to get those things from? Yes, thank you. Um, Before Christ, um, the first thing is, I knew there are some things that influences life of human beings, yeah. things we could not see. I can only say this now because I'm more aware of the spiritual world, the spiritual aspect of the universe. But then I could not particularly know what was going on. But I just knew that something will happen and something will just happen. Something will make something else happen. Yeah. So that was the void I was feeling then. We go, we use the water to rinse our legs, our head, our hands. We bow down probably three times depending on the time of the day to pray. But the word prayer now is looking like an act than when it was then before i met christ because i just knew we'll just bow down go up and after then we we'll just immediately after that and everybody just go their way but there was no direction i just knew there was something else and i was not able yeah. to partake in it and secondly it was fear in christ when i need something i pray about it i believe that it will come to me i believe that god will do it but then when we have a need, we are always scared that what if it does not happen? What if these needs are not met? Because yeah. we had no one to particularly hold responsible yeah. for missing that needs. So those were the void I was feeling then that made me realize that something was just missing in my life. Okay. So um, when you look at your life as a Muslim and you look at your life as a Christian, is there anything that you can say that um you learned as a muslim or or you went through that has shaped your christianity today that has influenced you in the way you see life and um how how you live your life as a christian yes um thank you uh, even till now i i believe there are some traits that I, that I picked from practicing islam for around eight years that i still apply now one of it is persistence you know Sometimes my pastor will call for prayer and people will just get tired after one hour. <laughs> but because of the hunger, you know, I had missed a lot of years in my life. Matter yeah. of fact, 14 years, the first 14 years of my life, I didn't know what Christianity was. So uh, most times, although my perspective has changed, most times I see those that are giving birth to in Christian homes as privileged kids sports kids like you know yeah. it's what they were built they were born into so yeah it, we we had to work yes we, we had to it, most times it, 
it's always like a war trying to be able to do it as if it's like a force yeah. but over time through the teachings of my pastor i've been able to understand that it comes naturally just to allow the flow of the spirit and everything will just fall in line okay so um tell 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 us about how how jesus christ transformed your life um where there things you used to were there things you used to do before that um, you stopped doing? Were there character traits that you had to drop? And um, just the whole process of getting to know God. Um, thank you. Um, for the character traits, the one I can give an example to that would make sense is uncontrollable anger. You know, I know I used to be, or oh, I still am very choleric. So before Christ, when I'm not happy about something, I go all the way out to ensure that everybody's aware that I'm not happy with it. You know, I was told that at the age of four, I was not happy. I couldn't remember what happened, that I went on an hunger strike for the whole day. My mom thought, oh, it's going to break. It's going to come to me and ask for food. And she was scared. She started begging me to eat around 8 p.m. in the night. Someone that had not eaten since yesterday because I was hungry. You know, but now in Christ it started making sense that instead of diverting this anger at human being, why not just go to the place of prayer and yeah. pray it out of your system? So the first two, three months of my prayer life as a Christian, I was praying out those things that I knew would be an hindrance to me having access to what a true Christian should be. Anger, not being able to accommodate people or tolerate people, you know, yeah. one of the fruit of the spirit, being living, living with people, joy, love, those things were not there. I was kind, mm -hmm. but I did not have compassion for human being. You know, yeah. I could not easily forgive someone. Then the story of Christ, how he was betrayed, and he still could forgive Peter for denying him three times. I mean, before mm -hmm. now, I could, I cannot forgive someone for denying me, not even one time. Half is enough for me to just let's go. But among other examples, is just someone that is an example we look up to. That if someone can forgive someone that was very close to him, that was probably one of his best apostles then, and just move on as if it did not happen. I mean, what am I as a human being? Not to just follow what Christ is. So those are the traits which Christ's life was able to help me blush out. And I think I'm better as a human being today. Oh, wow. Okay, so um, usually um, what I want to ask now is what is that thing that um, like sealed the deal in your relationship or your decision to come to Christ? Because basically um, there are some people that, okay, they were brought up in Christian homes and then they have a specific encounter with God and then they decide for themselves that they want to come to Christ. Even when um, you came to redemption camp and then and then you went out for altar call. You didn't even understand what was happening. But did you have any specific encounter with God that um, basically made you know that okay, I'm 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 down with this. I'm going to do this thing called following Jesus. Yes, like I said, um, it was not until after two years I was able to fall under the power of the Holy Spirit to start speaking in tongues. Yeah, there was this program I could still remember the scene. There was this very tall man was on white suits, was all white. His tie was white, his shirt was white, his trouser was white. Though I could not remember what shoe he was putting on then. But at that program, there was what we call now the spirit flow. He asked people to come out to give their life to Christ. I was reluctant because I was like, I mean, an elderly man that was having 3 million people coming to his program told me to come out. Why would I come out for 
this kind of setting. But I don't know. Till today, I could not explain whether it was an human being that pushed me further or just something happened. I just moved a bit further. Then I saw myself looking at the author, thinking he was looking at me yeah. at that moment. So at that point, I had to just go out because I thought he was looking at me, not knowing that he wasn't even paying attention to me. But it was just this drive to go out. So I went. Then he prayed for us. So I was thinking, oh, we are done. He should just give us our card to fill. And probably they would send someone, send message. But he started praying. And he, I don't, I couldn't remember this experience because I was, I literally passed out. For minutes, I could not remember what happened for the, from between when I went to the altar and after. Wow. I just saw myself waking up and talking. Now, what I would call speaking in tongues. But after then, I was literally laughing at myself going back home. That I could not remember all the things I said. But I knew I said something. That's for me. <laughs> and the, yeah, I knew I said something for minutes. But I was trying to remember all the things I said so I can repeat it. You know, it was yeah. it was like, okay, I've been able to do this thing that Brebe was doing for hours. Mm-hmm. Although mine was for minutes. Let me just try to remember everything I said so I can so be saying it and repeating it at least until more comes. But I could not remember. But I knew I spoke a lot of things, not English. I was very sure of that. Mm -hmm. But till today, I cannot specifically remember the things I said. So that was the experience. That was the change for me that I did not have this kind of experience practicing the Islamic religion. I did not, there was, I I don't think, spirit flow, it never happened. It was a routine stuff. We come, we bow down, someone preaches for a few minutes, and we go back home. There was, there was the like I said, the unseen forces of human living happened when I had the encounter with Jesus through the ministration of my God, of my pastor. So that was the change for me. That was the moment I knew I was on the right path. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. Okay, so tell us about basically your life now. What do you live for? How does knowing Christ impact? All of your life, especially um, in this day and age that you we are living among people with um, diverse kind of beliefs, diverse kind of mindsets. What makes you to um, or how how do you manage to hold on to your faith, especially in a community where okay maybe your colleague does not believe anything about Jesus and what makes you bold and um and fierce in your commitment to God? I know you work um very very hard Mondays to Fridays. Yes, people will see you that you anytime you have you dedicated to coming to church, serving in church, and serving God. Just tell us about that. Um, I have a recent example of a colleague that sends me a message on WhatsApp. He's a new guy in KPMG, just joined like September. So we talk, but it's just greeting, I, I, and how you do nice work. But he sends me a message privately on WhatsApp because he saw my status. Yeah. It was like, he, in quotes, I said, he loves my love for Christ. Mm-hmm. That is admirable that he, yeah. he's always looking forward to my next post because he knows if I'm not talking about finance as it is, I'm just posting a quote of my pastor, I'm posting a video, I'm posting yeah. and add a link to a message. You know, that is just one aspect of it. And know, something recently happened and they said we are supposed to have a meeting, a divisional meeting in KPMG, you know, because of what is going on, people are scared in my units. In my level, people are scared that uh, why would our head of division wants to see us? I did try to fire some people, <laughs> you know, you know, panic everywhere. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I was just calm. 
Mm -hmm. I was reading all their WhatsApp messages. I was just calm. Suddenly, someone, one of them just said, this, this guy has not gone to church for the past seven years because he said he just does not believe what people believe. But apparently, he was the one that said, ah, Mr. Dipo, please, oh, they said you are the pastor in our group. <laughs> <laughs> I was, he said, please, we know that if you say it, that is the way it's going to be. And that's because something happened and I said it was not going to happen this way. This was how it was going to happen. And it happened that way. So I think it has helped his faith. Although he hasn't started going to church directly. Yeah. But even I could not remember that I said such a thing. He had to remind me that and you said this thing that day that this is going to happen. And it really mm -hmm. happened. So he said because of that, please help us pray and see what our head of division yeah. will be talking yeah. to us about next week. You know, it just it just made me so happy that whole I think I'm doing the I'm taking the right mm -hmm. steps now because I thought what I'm doing is not enough because I don't know I cannot calculate my progress. Mm -hmm. You know you can only know how far you have gone through what people see through you. Feedback you your get, daily living. Exactly. You know the feedback that I gave him was so joyous that I was just happy. I was sitting there. I was just like thank God someone could yeah. feel like if everybody is panicking there's one person that could say something. Yeah. And actually it's going to happen because of his work with God. Another thing is I've tested it i've done it i believe in it so much yes, that yes. i don't have to be told again that yes. giving is a ritual yeah. you know there was a time when a lot of people were speaking against giving you know and it was so funny that i was surprised that okay even in christianity there could mm -hmm. be division so people started saying giving is this you give too much you are enriching some people but i could tell you for a fact that i did not start as a christian yeah. i was not told directly to give but I was able to read a part of the Bible for, of someone that gave something to get more. And that was Solomon. And I tried it. I, I prayed on my money because what we do in Islamic religion is that we, we fold the money in our hands. Mm -hmm. And we say some quiet prayer into it and give it to someone. Although that was what I did. But in the consciousness of the fact that I just wanted to see if this thing I'm giving out will come back to me. Yeah. It may not come back to me in form of money, but it will come back to me in form of a bigger opportunity. And I've tried it over the years, countless number of times, and I can tell you for a fact that giving is actually one of the things that makes a true Christian, which is what I yeah. learned, and which is what I live by daily. Yeah. And also, your lifestyle. You cannot be something by saying it and not being it. Yeah. Your lifestyle has to show what you are. When people are saying there is a casting, casting down. down. You are seeing yeah. there's a lifting up. And yeah. that is exactly what happened with the situation of my work. You know, yeah. when everybody was saying, oh, I hope they will not cut our salary. I hope they will not lay off some low-level workers. I hope they will not come and tell us there's no more bonus. I yeah. hope they will not. But I was quiet and someone was able to say, if the poor should say this is how it's going to go, this is how it's going to go. So it has been a remarkable thing for me looking at how I've come oh, or yeah. how far yeah. I've come. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's just amazing. That's really, really amazing. Basically, I tell people a lot that our our life does 99% of the preaching of the gospel. The way we live our lives, it preaches the gospel for other people to um admire and other people to say that they want to come to Christ. If you look at your story now, bro, Abel played a key role in your salvation because of how he lived his life as a Christian. Imagine if brother Abel was a Christian that was hiding to go to church or would not want other people or was ashamed so that other people would not know that he's going to church or would be whispering in his room so his neighbors would not know that he speaks in tongues. Do you understand? So if, if, if he did not go through that phase, maybe he wouldn't have been able to impact you that way. I just want to say thank you so much, Dipo. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed the story. I believe that it's powerful. Um, and I believe that um, 
someone can listen to this and have an encounter with God. So thank you once again for coming. Yes, um, I appreciate you. God bless you. So we've come to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any comments, any questions, any inquiries, you can send me an email at saltwithann at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at anointed. That is and with an e dot oriented. And then you can also follow our guests um, Dipo at Dipo the Wolf. Yes, <laughs> Dipo the Wolf. Yep. So we'll see you on the next episode. I'm really getting the hang of this podcast thing. And I think we're having so much fun listening to stories and being blessed by them. So see you next time. Bye-bye.